Hello, fellow followers. This is another episode of Thoughtful Thursdays. I am your host, Adon, the delivery man. And as usual, I have my co-host, uh, Billy Nwanda. Nwanda? Nwanda. <laughs> Nwanda. Nwanda. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Texas thing. It's a Texas. It's definitely a Texas thing. Hey, everybody. Fearless Billy Nwanda here. Uh, as always, a co-pilot at... Uh, A.K.A. the guy that just hangs out and talks and does other fun stuff. And, you know, I am not making any sense with this rambling. So let's go straight into it. Colorful. Yes. Colorful. Um, that is actually the name of the movie that we're going to talk about. And as uh, I mentioned in the previous episode, we're going to try and do something a little bit different and add... Uh, broader themes into what we we're talking about and so um, I decided that it would be a good idea to integrate the seven deadly sins and as I promised last time uh, today we're gonna talk about another of the seven deadly sins and as I describe what the movie is about you will soon realize what this sin is about or is so the movie colorful um okay if you're interested go right now watch the movie and we'll wait yeah yeah this is the uh, obligatory um you're going to get spoiled quite a bit mm -hmm. so we'll, we'll give it a couple moments that way you can go ahead you know take your time and uh you know go watch the movie you know go have a drink of coffee have a drink of beer have a drink of wine okay it's all good We'll be right there waiting for you. Yes, we will. Okay, we're done. Let's go ahead and go straight to it. <laughs> okay. Let's go to it. Um, the movie is about this guy who um, gets a second chance. And what's really interesting, what I really liked about this movie, is that by second chance, I mean a real second chance. Like, really, really second chance, as in another chance at life. Mm -hmm. uh, what I thought was really well done in the movie is that in the beginning you just see this person from a per, uh, first person perspective and he's in a line the, the individual is in a line and this other character which is the guide he's the you know the prototypical or the typical uh, guide uh, tells him that he gets a second chance at life and so now, when we see this, we understand that he's uh, pretty much in the line of judgment. Uh, and what is interesting is that you don't hear the voice. You just see um, written, you know, uh, what, what the person is saying in writing. Yeah. Um, it was kind of a very neat stylistic decision because it kind of throws off along with the the way the character acts in the beginning because they have no memory of who they were before mm -hmm. they get plopped into makoto's body uh they, they have no previous they have they're a complete blank slate so they're starting off with like you know not knowing what to do like of course in the beginning all of that person that soul's dialogue is entirely via writing instead of um you know, like, you know, talking and whatnot, because it would kind of spoil the ending. 
quite a bit. That's right. You know, like, and he actually, the director does a lot of masterful steps to kind of make sure that you don't necessarily know who the person is Mm -hmm. that is inhabiting this kid's soul. Right. You know, and it's not like at first you're actually thinking it could take more of a nefarious turn, you know, because dude, the kid and the, like the dude who's like the person, the soul that's inhabiting Makoto's body in the beginning is not necessarily, uh, an upstanding human being. No, he's not a nice guy. Yeah. And, uh, what, as you said, the steps that the director does um, is that every time the character wants to get something out of the guide, who happens to be a kid, a child, and I think we can go, you know, in a lot of directions. Um, because later on, we know something which is uh, critical to, to the story and, and towards the ending related to this guide who he calls an angel um at least in the dub version um yeah uh yeah because yeah, in the dub like it's uh he's an angel of course like in a japanese sense like it's more of a spirit guide okay uh, mainly because like what we interpret as like heaven in the movie and uh which is the reason why they had to record like you know Puerto Puerto being more of an angel mm-hmm in Japan, it's more of just a straight-off spirit guide and the spirit world. Right. Um, just because of Japanese beliefs being more based than Zen, Shinto. Exactly. All that nice little jazz. Yes. Um, and also, like, as you get to the end of the film, like, the revelation of the nature of the guide itself is uh, pretty important. Yes. You know, and, was, and why he, you know, goes out of his way to help, you know, wayward souls reform mm-hmm. themselves. Uh, um, but yeah, we're going a little bit of ahead, you know, uh, again, like some of the interesting stuff is, uh, the art direction of the film. Yeah. Um, the, again, like it's something I keep kind of pointing out, you know, these last three films have kind of shown this where you have, um, once again, a main character, like the entire world itself is actually like, it lives up to the premise, colorful, mm-hmm. you know, but again, up until almost the very end of the movie, the main character himself is kind of depicted as being pale, yep. brown, like kind of, you know, like death. Mm-hmm. You know, and it kind of also symbolizes the way that he goes about, uh, you know, interacting with, you know, his classmates and interacting with people around him to where, you know, it takes like he, he it's like it continues until he meets his the the gentleman who becomes his best friend. That's right. And that's when he actually starts to kind of be, as he fills himself up more with life and comes closer to his revelation at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. He actually, you know, changes his skin tone changes considerably if you notice. I did not. That's interesting. Yeah. I thought that was kind of a neat trick on the part of the director. Yeah, that's right. Because you even noticed, I noticed actually the not so much the skin, but the clothes he wears. Because first he wears the sneakers, right, which yeah. is the beginning, and then his mother buys him the sweater because it's uh it's apparent like in the movie, uh, it's going toward the winter, the winter months, and so he wears is it blue, yeah, or something, but something noticeably colorful. 
you know, yeah. something that you would say, oh yeah, of course, blue, it's uh, one of the primary colors, you know? And not only that, but if you notice too, he sticks with that sweater to the end of the movie, yes. whereas the sneakers which he bought uh, in the beginning, uh, like kind of as part of his like kind of more superficial makeover, mm -hmm. those get robbed from him, which is kind of one of the signs where he has to realize, okay, I'm not on the right path. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. This is not who I really am or, or should be or can be. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, it's an interesting like set. I mean, the thing about Colorful is that even though it has a very fantastical like setup in the very beginning, mm -hmm. it's very much a film grounded in reality. Um, other than his interactions with Pura Pura, there's not a there's not really there's not anything fantastical that goes on in this film. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of it is spent with the protagonist making you know continually like crappy and crappy decisions and always being mopey of course a good chunk of it is justified <clears throat> as you find out in his backstory i mean you have a kid who was kind of screwed with and picked on finds out his mom is cheating on them you know his brother is being a complete outcast in the hopes of you know getting good grades so he decides to you know like take his own life as a result yeah and and the girl that he had a, a crush on crush on turns out to be uh, uh, prostitute pretty much a prostitute yeah i mean again you know like it also kind of reflects upon like the extremes that japanese children have to go upon when it comes to their <clears throat> making choices you know the pressure to succeed is just immense yeah. over there you know, and it's one of the reasons why Japan has pretty insanely high suicide rates. And just look it up. It's insane. It's yeah. crazy. I mean, kids are kids, children, 15 year old um, children are killing themselves. Yeah. Even younger than that sometimes. Yeah, yeah you know? exactly. And I think this film kind of does a really good job of like setting up like, look, you know, like, because at the end of the day, it's actually a very positive ending. You know, the main protagonist is given a second chance at the very end. Like, yes. you find out he's actually... He goes through all these trials and tribulations. He tries to rekindle his, you know... His, uh, he tries to kindle a relationship with his crush. That goes completely south because she just feels like she has to... She has to keep on the path that she's on because she feels that... Mm you know, down the line, her beauty's gonna disappear. So she's trying to take advantage of it as much as she can right now. Yep. And, you know, so that doesn't work out. He finally gets a really close friendship, has to fight to keep that friendship so he can go to the public school he wants to go to. Mm -hmm. And you find out that the soul was the kid all along. And that what had happened is that, you know, when the kid killed himself, <clears throat> they gave him another chance. Which is something that a lot of Japanese kids don't get. That's right. Um, and I thought it was pretty, you know, symbolic in that film. And even more, uh, equally as symbolic is the the guide, the spiritual guide. He mm -hmm. he was a soul that did not learn his lesson. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it can be either female or male. In this case, it's male. But this individual did not learn his lesson. So he uh in the end tells this um the guy uh what's his name uh, uh, makoto. makoto uh that uh, he's lucky 
because he can go on and live and form um, new memories and actually look towards the future. Yeah. He cannot, this guide cannot look into the future, and, and I think that's why he's he's a child. Yeah, because he's, he's frozen in time. I mean, the only joy that he can get at this point is helping other souls not make the same mistake he did. And, you know, which I found to be at least a pretty telling deal about the character. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's a very interesting journey that Makoto takes throughout the film. And, you know, again, you know, it's like, it's one of those deals where, like, it's very much an indie auteurs project. Mm -hmm. Like, if you strip away the fantastical setting, you could just make it about kid, like, you know, tried to commit suicide but failed. And him just trying to, once again, find the, the reasons to live. Mm -hmm. You could strip away the fantastical element and the core of the film would still be fantastic on its own. Yep. Um, and it's just one of those deals where it's just, you know... It's one of those animes that's pretty anime that is pretty much a it's it's a slow burn. It is a anime mm -hmm. that is you know going to take you some time to get through. Again, this is something that's very much grounded in reality. You're not going to see home slice you know going through and like punching mm -hmm. through buildings or anything like that. That's right. Um, like you could probably make almost a one one transition to live action with this. But, again, you know, like, it still is a pretty fantastic uh, piece of work. You know, especially for the message that it spreads at the end. Yeah. But that does bring us to the point of, you know, for, for you, what sin would this encompass? Pride. Pride. It yeah. was pride. Because the, the messenger um, tells, uh, Pura Pura tells the guy, um, Makoto, it's like... Um, you know, be, be more <clears throat> forgiving, be more understanding, because we all make mistakes. Uh, throughout the movie, he has a very pronounced and very strong resentment against his mother, because once he knows that uh, he, um, yet once he knows that his mother had an affair with a flamenco dancer which is which i thought was a little bit funny because flamenco uh if for those of you who don't know exactly what that is it's a very passionate type of dance and very passionate type of music it actually tends to be very tragic it deals with themes of abandonment and uh forsakenness yeah, and that kind of actually, that, that was probably a deliberate choice mm -hmm. if you really think about it, because yeah. in a lot of ways, she does feel abandoned and forsaken in that, you know, her husband is a salary man who just, like, like you know, a lot of Japanese salary men, works and works and works and works and works. So, he's sitting, you know, so, yeah. And, of course, it initially led to a tragic fate in that, you know, she had an affair with this dude, Makoto found out, and it was one of the triggers that caused him to kill himself. That's right. But, yeah. anywho, yeah, like, yeah, he does spend a lot of the film being very prideful mm -hmm. until the very end. Because, again, you know, when, when his soul, like, he has no memory of himself proper. That's right. So, when he gets thrust <clears throat> back into his body, 
you know, it's kind of, I think like a good equivalent would be watching Peter Parker under the influence of the black suit in Spider-Man 3. Yes. Just kind of very, like, stupidly dickish behavior. Yes. Throughout, like, a lot of the, the whole time, mm-hmm. you know? Um, he continues to act like a dick towards his mom. Yeah. He continues to, like, he even, like, threatens the, uh, the girl with the glasses. Uh, again, we're horrible with names. But he threatens yes. her to scare her off. Yeah. You know, and then he tries to, like, do some type of large gambit to try to win over, uh, his crush. Yes. You know, again, just really stupid behavior, but, again, but, yeah, like, again, pride makes a major factor into mm-hmm. it, and it's not until he learns to let go of that pride that he finally starts to uh, put the pieces back together. That's right. And so, for those of you to, uh, have an idea of what pride means. It means a high or inordinate opinion of one's self, character, merit, or qualifications, either reflected or um, in in the mind, um, you or in actions. You know. So this guy thought of himself like a super person. Like, oh, I'm so much better. Therefore. You know, I don't have any friends because they're they're all stupid. Yeah. And another really point is, too, is that, like, during the whole time that he's like this, one of the main motifs that it keeps going back to throughout the, the film is the art club. And there's a painting that Makoto was working on before his uh, initial death. That's right. And he spends most of that film not able to complete it. Mm-hmm. Because, again, you know, he's acting completely under a different point of view and you know he's acting prideful so like he doesn't even really start to embrace his ability to do artwork again until he lets go of that what i thought was very interesting which was like you said a masterful play of scenes by the director is that in my opinion i don't think you see a real change in his um opinion towards her or his behavior towards his mother until he finally understands and he's convinced that his dad already knows and his dad because of um his love for the family as a unit decides to stay with the mother yeah that is one deal that comes up it's like it's at the kind of the very pivotal moment when Mm -hmm. They're wanting him to go to a private school, even to the point to where his brother is willing to give up, like, being able to go to, I think it was medical school he actually, for a year. Yes, that's right. He was going to put it off so, so they could get him into the private school. And their main deal was because, you know, the, whole, the family was unraveling, but mm-hmm. Makoto's, like, suicide drove them together. Right. You know, to where they finally stopped all of their BS and they finally, you know, came together as a family again. Yeah, came back to reality. Uh-huh. Came back, yeah, came back to reality, you know, stopped the affair with the flamenco instructor and all that nice little stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just one of those deals where, it, like, it does seem like it clashes because it's like the last bit of selfishness that Makoto is having to engage in which is the wanting to go to the public high school and but i do think it kind of sets up for a rebuilding of a relationship around his family that's right um because 
we we later know that um, it was the father who decided to get him uh, to go with him fishing, which is something that, uh, to the best of my knowledge, to, to what I could gather from the movie, it's not something that they did all of the time. It wasn't something that was a regular thing. Yeah. Because the father uh, worked so much, mm -hmm. and because he knew that his uh, wife had an affair, and that made him even more distant from the family, that gave him even more reason to stay out of the house. Yeah. Yeah, because pretty much, I mean, anytime that you're dealing with an affair situation, like, and you're the one that's being cheated on, the easiest thing is to glide yep. away from that. That's right. And just bury yourself in work or whatever. Exactly. Um, one of the things that he said, which was, to me, like, the key, was that I don't want you to necessarily forgive your mom, but I want you to understand that she loves you. Yeah. And that was it. You yeah. Can, you can... You can understand a situation, but still with the under, still with the the um, comprehension that it it'll take time to let go or to to assimilate it. You know, to to really. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know, being hit with something like that at like fifteen years old is rough. You know. Yeah. Um, I was lucky in that, you know, my parents split up when I was still pretty much a little baby. Mm -hmm. So I grew up with them with two separate households. But it was okay, you know, because I was young, I had plenty of time to accumulate to it. But again, for a Japanese, you know, child, you know, like, facing the fact that their family was falling apart. Exactly. You know, that, that's going to make them, like, even if they, like... Again, you know, because he got his second chance, you know, initially for those six months, like, even being given the second chance, there's still a lot of anger and resentment. That's right. About that, because, you know, it's one of those deals, it's the ultimate betrayal, like, how can you betray That's your right. family like that? Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, something else I did say, I wanted to point out, too, is that one of the, uh, another large motif I find in Japanese anime, which, again, is the concept of fishing as a means of bonding that's right um it's kind of it's it's a really nice trope and it's used always very well it's always a moment where when you have two main characters that are really wanting to get inside each other's heads and really kind of get along and kind of form that bond they always go fishing and then they always have uh, ramen afterwards that's right you know exactly that that's right because they went of course, they went for ramen after that. Yeah, they went for ramen after that. Yeah. And again, it was telling of the father trying to do everything he could to comfort his son. Yeah. Because he pretty much gave him everything in his bowl but the broth. Yes. Which that kind of tunes into, you know, kind of the... You know how a lot of Japanese fathers will try to sacrifice everything for their kids. Which is another symbol, you know. Food equals myself my my energies my uh feelings my love to you yeah that that is ramen and that is to me pivotal like you said because if that let him or at least he tried and succeeded in telling him okay i know and i i forgive her i don't expect you to forgive her right now but I just want you to know that we still love you, both. Both of us. 
and if if I can do this, I hope you can too. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, a really that's a really big concept, you know, is forgiveness. Yeah. That's really hard to pull off. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's just good. The other thing uh, is the letter when they're in the art club and uh, uh, there's this letter toward uh, to himself in the future uh, when he's talking with uh, his crush and uh, the crush is talking to him to Makoto as well because uh, ag again there's this theme of crushing something that is beautiful which you know in this movie we learn that it's life the the meaning that this movie wants to give us is that life is beautiful and it's not something that should be thrown away yeah be um you know just willy-nilly like yeah because towards the end she kind of has her own revelation that you know she's been living very superficially as well and that yeah, it's, you know, it does suck that eventually beauty will fade, but she's still going to be there no matter what, even when the beauty fades away. And I think that's why, like, Makoto and now of his more enlightened state kind of told her, you know, live. Yeah. You know, stop, you know, live purely for yourself, you know, and don't, you know, think that you had, that the only way you can live is by being, you know, having all the fancy things and all that nice little jazz. I don't know if it came out in the uh, subbed version, but in the dubbed version, you see in, throughout the entire dialogue this uh, subtitles of a letter that it doesn't say who wrote it or to whom it's written, but it seems that Makoto wrote it to himself. Yeah, actually, like I watched the dub, so I caught that part too. Okay. Um... Which I thought that was another masterful, masterful thing to do. Yeah. Um, because something that I'm uh, really getting annoyed at is, is this fucking high school thing that animes are doing. And it drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, you know, if you guys, like, keep up with the Nevicast lately, our biggest, like, bone de jour is the concept of the... High school kid who's either a neat or an otaku who gets like you know who gets magically killed and then whisked away to a fantasy world to become a hero, and sometimes it's done well, like you know Re Zero or Konosuba. Mm -hmm. Most of the time it's just done to annoyance, and that's kind of where we're both at right now. So seeing something like colorful where there's no real running away from your problem, right? Which is kind of what happens with a lot of these shows is that it's all based upon escapism right and exactly you know and again you know when it's done right it's still good but it's still escapism and you kind of want something that's more more meat off the bone and i think that's where colorful succeeds more than anything else yes uh, by absolutely. the way surprise cameo by yeah <laughs> that's right <laughs> but yeah i mean so yeah, like, it is kind of more of a refreshing deal for high school. It actually kind of gives me really big vibes of, uh, GTO. Yes. Um, not as much in the insane Onizuka himself, but more in the fact that you have these kids with real 
problems yeah. that need to like figure out the best ways to solve them. Like the live action was even better about this, I think, than the anime was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and this is a movie that, like we said before, uh, you will either love it from the very beginning, and you'll appreciate you know what it is, and you'll you'll be pleasantly uh satisfied with the ending or you will hate it and discard it for you know uh 10 minutes after watching it pretty much yeah it is one of those like really kind of like it or hate it kind of films mm-hmm. you know again this is like strict like in the auteur style um so you go if you go in and watch this just kind of expect that this is not going to be something that's going to be easily digestible you know, again, after like after the first like 10-15 minutes of this thing, you're either going to keep going through all the way to the end, or you're just going to turn it off. Exactly. And just be like, blah. Yeah. Um, that being said, it is really easy to find off of, uh, you know, again, this is like with a lot of other stuff that we've been doing, this is a Funimation licensed film, and it's not available on their streaming site, but it is pretty easy to purchase. Matter of fact, like um, iTunes has it on uh, sale, I think, for like ten bucks right now. So um, yeah, you know, if this is something that's right up your alley, like this is definitely a film for you. Yeah, and just as a conclusion, uh, something that I thought was a nice like way to tie it in as a, a circle of events is that in the same way that the guide uh, Pura Pura tells him you know I, I missed my chance and this is why I'm doing this uh, Makoto is being the messenger to his crush and he yeah. is now fulfilling his role as you know I messed it up you know take it from me I attempted suicide you know life if I can find the beauty in life and the colorfulness in life I'm, I'm pretty sure you can, too. I hope you can, too. Yeah. Very much so. So, yeah. Um, so, if you don't have any further comments or... No, I think we are pretty much good to go, okay. good, sir. We're, we're good to go. So, again, highly recommended. And, uh, and just to recap, Pride was the sin of this episode. Yes. And uh, we will see you next time. Yep, and we'll be continuing the seven deadly sins like for the next few weeks. That's right. So, uh, thank you guys very much. And um, click like and subscribe. (laughs) Click like and subscribe. And good night and good luck, folks. Good night. Good night.